I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. I have no idea how I missed this study. It is so cool. It is so cool. And my wife actually shared it with me. My wife works in TV news, gets a lot of information oftentimes before me. But this is an old study. This is 2014. It's a research article, actually. And it is so cool. So I'm going to actually read to you from the the study itself, the research paper itself. Uh, I took out the boring stuff, left in the best, but this is this is the most I think I've ever I'm ever going to read from a or I ever have read from a study, a research uh, paper. But it's so worth it. <laughs> it's so and it's short. Uh, so you know when we look at exercise and nutrition and human behavior i'm always looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint right we have to take that into account as one of our things we look at the science we look at evolution and then we look at common sense and what we can do right we take all of these different things into account we should many people don't uh, but we need to and i'm currently reading um dr lieberman's book exercised and a big part of that book is that exercising the way we do it today, I would uh, kind of say in his words, in his theory is like, you know, we weren't meant to get on a treadmill. Like that's not normal. That's not how we evolved. And I totally agree, right? But we have to look at it in the context of our society today and how there is no movement, right? Or there's so little movement. For most people, we sit all day long and we're not out working in the fields and we're not out running after our, you know, food and hunting, um, hunter-gatherers, persistence hunting, as is a big part of Lieberman's work. So yes, but no. Yes, but no, right? And that's what makes it so interesting. We were born to move. Yes, we were born to run. I mean, we just were. We just were. And so this is a really, really cool article, research article titled Wheel Running in the Wild. And what they did was they put exercise wheels, you know, the same kind that they use in studies with mice in the wild to see if animals, well, mice, and then what they found was really interesting, not just mice, would use them. How cool is that? And so when I talk about and use the term wheel, we can think for our purposes, treadmill, elliptical, any type of cardio, right? You can kind of exchange the wheel for that as far as what we're talking about and thinking about when it comes to us as humans and what we evolved to do and what we're doing today and what is natural and what we should be doing. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I know, you know, if aliens came down and saw all of uh, us running on treadmills in these buildings, that's a little strange, but, but I'd argue it's necessary for many people. Because they're just not getting the movement that they need. This study is so cool because it shows, hey, I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to read it. All right? So here's the abstract. Uh, let me give you, uh, so this is a 2014, as I said, research article, Wheel Running in the Wild. 
and it uh, was published in the Proceedings of the Royal Society of Biological Sciences. Again, I, I don't know how I haven't seen this until now. I'm reading a lot of stuff. That's probably why. Uh, and there's a lot out there. So here is the abstract. Again, I have edited this uh, for clarity and just uh, brevity. And uh, so it's entertaining. Uh, I took out the stuff you don't need to hear. Here's the abstract, though. The importance of exercise for health and neurogenesis is becoming increasingly clear. Wheel running is often used in the laboratory for triggering enhanced activity levels, despite the common objection, I love this, that this behavior is an artifact of captivity and merely signifies neurosis or stereotypy. <laughs> that there's something wrong if you're using it. If wheel running is indeed caused by captive housing, well, and I'm going to stop periodically, by the way. And just, you know, uh, make uh, equate this to us as humans and, and our environment and the world we live in. So captive housing. Yeah. So a, a, a mice in a cage, pretty similar, as frightening as the comparison is to a person in an office or a person on a couch, a person not moving. I mean, kind of kind of frightening to think about, but pretty darn similar. Okay, if wheel running is indeed caused by captive housing, wild mice are not expected to use a running wheel in nature. This, however, to our knowledge, has never been tested. Here we show that when running wheels are placed in nature, they are frequently used by wild mice. Also, when no extrinsic reward is provided. So what you're going to hear is, yeah, they put food next to the wheel and you go, oh, that. That negates everything, right? They're doing it because of the food. Uh, well, they, they kind of controlled for that, all right? Bout lengths of running wheel behavior in the wild match those for captive mice. This finding falsifies one criterion for stereotypic behavior and suggests that running wheel activity is an elective behavior. In a time when lifestyle in general and lack of exercise in particular are a major cause of disease in the modern world, research into physical activity is of utmost importance. Our findings may help alleviate the main concern regarding the use of running wheels in research on exercise. How cool is that? Are you like as excited about this concept as I am? And curious to hear more. I mean, how cool. And it made me think of, kind of random, but for those of you who have kids, right? If you get, what were those books? If you give a moose a muffin, <laughs> something like that. If you give a mouse a muffin, if you give something, it was like if you give an animal, you know. And I was thinking that way. If you put a wheel in the woods, what happens, right? If you put an exercise wheel in the woods and wait till you hear how they did this. This is so cool. All right, let me continue. Introduction. Uh, exercise is beneficial for health and protects against cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular problems, sleep disorders, and depression. Activity also stimulates neurogenesis even in aging rodents in, for example, the hypothalamus and dentate gyrus. Voluntary wheel running is therefore used in many scientific disciplines as a tool st to stimulate and measure activity. The biological significance of wheel running remains elusive, however, and difficult to interpret. Wheel running is claimed to be unnatural, 
possibly, again, even a stereotypy or neurosis that develops only in captivity. I have to keep stopping there. I mean, we are basically mice in cages. You know, many people. I'm fortunate that I get to move and, you know, Yes, I spent many years as a trainer working in gyms and things like that, but I was never stuck behind a desk, as many of you are. And our current environment has just taken almost all daily activity out of it. So for all intents and purposes, we are, many people are, mice in cages. Kind of scary. Uh, let me continue the closest, but I, I, anyway, the closest to a formal experiment is a personal communication from Conrad Lorenz cited by Kavanaugh, which mentions that escaped rodents that were previously exposed to wheels will enter and run in accessible running wheels. Isn't that cool? So the closest experiment they cite is one in which rodents who were running on wheels and had to, you know, were in captivity, would come back and run in the wheels when they had access to them. How amazing. That's going to come up again. The use of running wheels in laboratory experiments is increasing owing to the reported positive impact of exercise on health and its protective effects on the development of disease. This development in laboratory studies reiterates the question whether running wheel activity is a pathological phenomenon. Just sounds crazy to say out loud. Like exercising on something where you're not moving. Comedians make jokes about this all the time. You're on a bike, you know, when you're doing an indoor cycling class, you're on a bike going nowhere. Right? Kind of crazy. But is it? When we're stuck in cages. Um, uh, Whether this is a pathological phenomenon that develops only in captivity. Consequently, we have undertaken a study in which we inquired whether running wheel activity is also expressed in the wild by free living animals encountering a wheel in their natural habitat. We selected two locations where feral mice live, a spacious green urban era, uh, area, and this data was collected from October 2009 through February uh, 2013, four years. How incredible. And a dune area not accessible to the public. And this data was collected June 2011 through January of 2013. In each of these locations, we placed a running wheel, uh, diameter 24 centimeters, with automatic movement detection a passive infrared motion sensor, a camera with night vision, and a food tray to attract mice. In order to accommodate the measuring equipment, the wheel was part of a cage-like construction that could easily be entered by an animal up to the size of a rat. Which makes you wonder if animals that couldn't fit in there would have used a wheel as well. But I digress. Uh, Every visit of an animal to the experimental setup was recorded by the camera using passive infrared motion detection. At night, active infrared light enabled the camera to work. Infrared light is invisible to mice and did not hinder motion detection. The footage recorded made it possible to identify the species responsible for movement of the wheel. Over a period of over three years, we have analyzed more than 12,000 video fragments in which uh, wheel movement was detected. Out of more than 200,000 recordings made when animals visited the recording site. Video recordings were analyzed by trained observers to, uh, in order to determine the species of the animal in the wheel. 
Wheel movement was detected automatically using a small magnet attached to the wheel in a stationary Magno sensor. Wheel running was scored when the sensor was activated. Really simple. Camera, wheel, uh, sensors. How, how amazing. And some food to attract them to the wheel. Again, is that a problem? We'll see. Observations in nature. We observed wheel running in both the urban area, 1,011 observations in the first 24 months, of which 734 were mice. And in the dunes, remember two different areas with the, the setup, 254 observations in 20 months, of which 232 were mice. Wheel movement not caused by mice, this is so cool, was caused by shrews, rats, snails, slugs, or frogs. Of these, only the snails caused haphazard rather than directional movement of the wheel and were therefore excluded from the analysis. Cases where animals set the wheel in motion from the outside were also not considered proper wheel running and were therefore excluded. The observations showed that feral mice ran in the wheels year-round, steadily increasing in late spring and peaking in summer, <laughs> sounds familiar, uh, in the green urban area while increasing in mid to late summer in the dunes, reaching a peak in late autumn. Okay, underline this because this is super important. Some animals seem to use the wheel unintentionally, but mice and some shrews, rats, and frogs were seen to leave the wheel and then enter it again within minutes in order to continue wheel running. This observation indicates that wheel running may well be intentional rather than unintentional for these animals. Shrews, mice, rats, and frogs ran on the wheel, left the wheel, and came back and did it again. That's really cool. Video recordings show that the wheel running mice were primarily juveniles, possibly explaining the higher incidence of wheel running around the summer. Mice ran for more than one minute in 20% of the cases with a maximum duration of 18 minutes. There was a marathon uh, my mouse <laughs> who came on, stayed on it for 18 minutes. That's uh, so cool. When compared to running in the laboratory, this is similar to what 200-day-old mice do. The mice only ran in our wheels and never walked slowly. Interesting, right? Okay, food as a reward. Is that an issue? One might question whether it was the presence of food near the running wheels that induced animals to run. In order to test whether mice would still run in wheels when no food is present, we stopped providing food in the urban area for more than a year. This was the data collected in October 2011 through February 2013. We observed that wheel running continued. 78 observations of wheel running, 62 mice, 36 of these mice were still very small, indicating they were too young to have experienced the presence of food. The number of visits to the site dropped significantly as soon as the food was taken away. Expressed as a fraction of all visits to the recording area, however, wheel running activity had increased by 42%. The peak in late autumn remained, though a secondary peak in spring emerged. As in the situation with food present, there was no significant difference in the fraction of daytime and nighttime visits that led to wheel running. And this is underlined as well. Here we go. The continuation of wheel running in the absence of food indicates that wheel running was not triggered 
by the presence of a rewarding stimulus in the near environment. Not sure, you know, what the percentage was. You know, I think this is really interesting, the way they, they controlled for this. Really, really interesting. Leave it at that. And finally, a better understanding of wheel running. There is still much debate over the question whether wheel running is or is not stereotypic. Stereotypic, uh, stereotypic behavior itself is characterized by several traits. It is repetitive, invariant, and devoid of obvious goal or function. The treadmill, the treadmill. How many people would, would describe it as repetitive, invariant? Well, they might not use these terms, but devoid of obvious goal or function. Well, the goal for many people is weight loss. Do you think these mice are running on it because they want to lose weight or because it feels good and it's probably important to our survival? Uh, I continue. If it consists of natural behavioral elements, these occur at higher rates and for longer durations than found in nature and is partially or not at all dependent on external stimuli. Even though authors disagree over whether stereo, uh, stereotypes reflect bad welfare or a coping strategy that may even increase welfare, they all agree that stereotypic behavior only occurs in captivity. Wheel running can be, here we go again, you can call this treadmill, elliptical, whatever you want. Wheel running can be considered repetitive, invariant, de devoid of obvious goal and function, but it remains reactive to external stimuli. And our results indicate that it is neither restricted to captivity nor occurring for longer durations in captive mice of at least six months old than in free-ranging mice in the wild. Therefore, it does not fit well within the definitions of stereotypy. Okay, final paragraph. Here we go. Given that wheel running can occur as a voluntary behavior, the question remains why animals choose to run in wheels. A predominant view is that more than one factor determines wheel running. Existing explanations are that wheel running is a consummatory behavior satisfying a motivation such as play or escape. Maybe that's why we should find cardio an exercise we enjoy. Let me read that again. A predominant view is that uh, more than one factor determines uh, wheel running. Existing explanations are that wheel running is a consummatory behavior satisfying a motivation such as play or escape. Or that it is linked to the metabolic system as a motor response to hunger or to external stimuli relating to foraging. Our results indicate that while the number of visits to the recorded site decreased when no food was present, the fraction of visits, including wheel running, increased. This implies that wheel running can be experienced as a rewarding, even without an associated food reward, suggesting the importance of motivational systems unrelated to foraging. Are you connecting this to us as humans? To movement? The importance of research into physical activity is increasing. In the modern world, lifestyle is responsible for almost two-thirds of all cases of disease globally. I'm reading that again. In the modern world, lifestyle is responsible 
for almost two-thirds of all cases of disease globally. And the World Health Organization has pinpointed lack of exercise as one of the most important factors causing lifestyle diseases. Research into health effects of exercise depends on the use of running wheels. And for such research, it would be potentially problematic if running wheel behavior is stereotypic rather than elective. Our study indicates that running in wheels can be a voluntary behavior for feral animals in nature. How cool is that? It's so cool. This is, again, when I know I'm doing what I should be doing for a living because I got ridiculously excited when my wife sent me this article, even more excited when I read it, and even more excited when I put it all together for a show. This is really important. We're meant to move. The world we live in is not the world we're supposed to be living in. And so when people say things like we're not meant to exercise, and I love Dr. Lieberman, and, and he, I'm, I'm being harsh, but many people won't see the nuance when you read the headlines and things like that that they pull out. Yeah, getting on a bike and going nowhere. <laughs> what are the lines they use? Hold on. Let me scroll back. You know, that was great. Uh... I'll find it. Anyway. There we go. Repetitive, invariant, and devoid of obvious goal. Yeah, getting on a treadmill. Repetitive, invariant, devoid of obvious goal. Well, we know the goals, as I said earlier. That's not, shouldn't be the be-all, end-all goal. It feels good. I truly believe that mice and shrews and frogs get on it and then come back. Because it feels good to move. Sitting on a couch not moving is a snowball, has a snowball effect that is not good. And so you need to find the movement you enjoy. That's the journey I talk about. You need to find the foods you enjoy. That's part of the process. But I will say over and over and over again, it can and should be fun. It should feel good. You want to go back on the wheel. Whatever your wheel is. Is your wheel swimming? Is your wheel rowing? The rowing machine? Is it Zumba? Is it yoga? That's your thing. That's your wheel. Something you want to get back on. And you have the choice. This is such a cool research paper. We need many more like this, not how much exercise is too much exercise, not a problem. That's not the, what the World Health Organization is worried about. And I love, I just, this the, so much in this short little paper. The fact that they say in the modern world, lifestyle is responsible for almost two thirds of all cases of disease globally. This is what I talk about as a choice. And we're constantly, you're constantly told that it doesn't matter, that you don't have a choice. It's not only about living longer, it's about living better. And movement is a huge part of that. And gyms 
are necessary, I would argue, because of our modern lifestyle. I want to get outside. I was outside for an hour in the morning today with my dogs as I normally am. Get up super early. I want the sunlight. I want nature. I want dogs. I want the biophilia effect hypothesis. We're meant to be outside. We're meant to move. But in the absence of the ability to do that, which many people don't have, an hour in the morning to get outside and do that. You gotta find it if you can. It's more it's really important. But in the absence of that, a treadmill, an elliptical, a bike at home or at a gym is the next best thing. And ideally we do all of the above, which I do. That variation I talk about so frequently. All right, there you go. If you put a wheel in the woods, what happens? <laughs> so, oh my gosh, how have I missed this study? How have they not done more like this? Maybe they have. Again, I'm one person with 24 hours in the day. I get a lot done, but it, it annoys me that I missed this <laughs> for so long. Uh, I'll try to do better. Uh, Tom H. Fit, Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Uh, you can go to teamholland.com and message me, email me through there. Please, it's a new feed, 2.0, controlling it, limiting, depending on where you listen to it, uh, the commercials, almost none, because <laughs> I want you to have the best product possible. Uh, that's my goal, is to bring you the best information so we can all live our best lives, all right? That's my only bias. I want the best for all of us, Okay. Uh, what did I forget? Subscribe to the show, follow the show, rate the show, whatever you can do to support it. Greatly appreciated. All right. And the newest book is the micro workout plan. If you haven't gotten a copy, I recommend it highly. And if you do have a copy, greatly appreciated. If you could take a couple minutes and review it on Amazon, super helpful. All right. As I said, and always say at the end of these podcasts, we all control three things. How much we move, what we put into our mind, <laughs> see, what we put into our mouths and our state of mind. I need a little more caffeine. Got up early. Got up earlier. Uh, and that's awesome. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist, and lover of everything fitness. And I love now ending these shows with the words from my, my guru, who I looked up to the most uh, when I started out and to this day, uh, and interviewed him on my radio show. And I will leave you with a clip from him. Have a great day and believe in yourself. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you.